Hello everyone, this is Pastor Ronke Lulano of Harmony Christian Center. Thank you for joining our podcast today. I pray today's message will encourage, edify and illuminate you. Sit back, relax and enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. I bring you special greetings on this day of our prayer and vision Sunday. I just want every one of us to know it's a new day, a new day of great things, of good things that the Lord will do even in our midst. He has got new opportunities, new things ahead and in stock for us. It's important for each and every one of us to keep holding, keep believing. Guess what? This is the seventh week of our lockdown, but we are still marching forward. Coronavirus or no coronavirus, our dreams and visions shall be fulfilled. And that's a good place for you at home to say amen. We want to thank God that through these seven weeks, God has truly been faithful unto us. He's helped us, he's enabled us, he's strengthened us, he's empowered us, and he's allowed each and every one of us indeed to be able to still stand at this time. We give him all the glory and we give him all the honor in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Nicola Sturgeon, the first minister of Scotland, who said earlier at the start of this lockdown, and I quote, life shouldn't feel normal right now. So if your life feels entirely normal, ask yourself if you're doing the right thing. I'm sure a lot of us will agree with that statement because a new normal has come now and we all are evolving or have evolved and are still evolving into adapting into these changes on daily basis. Each of us have to ask ourselves and indeed understand what these changes brings even unto us. It's absolutely important that we know that in this course of seven weeks, some people have found it relatively okay indeed to be able to carry on. But some people have struggled. It has actually been a Herculean task for some people to live through these unprecedented times. But I want to say something. I want to give us two scenarios. I want to share with you two real-life experiences of people who have gone through what is much more than an Herculean task. One of them is of a mother who lives on a 17th floor in a one-bedroom flat. And, has, and, and indeed, she has two children with autism that can no longer go to the special arrangements for school that has been made for them because of the outbreak of COVID-19 in the school. Now this mom is now stuck with those two children 24-7 and she has to continue to manage and keep them and be the mother and be everything for them at this time. Can you just imagine the state of her mental agony? In how is she able to get any mental respite even in this period? That you and I have been in lockdown and she's done this for seven weeks. Another case is that of a lady who indeed is in a turbulent and an abusive relationship. She lost her job in addition and on top of that she was recently uh, positive for COVID-19. And to make things worse, she has a child with learning difficulties. Where should she start? These are real life stories. These are real life things and situations that are happening. Of course, she's isolating. She can't even go out of the house, but she's there. And in trying to ensure that she ensures that her child is okay, she's still bearing even the abusive relationship. Dear saints of God, wherever you're listening to me today, wherever you are, let your heart go out to these ones. Because sometimes we use the term, stay safe, and we don't really know that that stay safe can actually connote such a paradox in the life of the people concerned that I've just explained to you. 
when do they get a respite? Where, how can they actually stay safe? In, how, in what situation or circumstance can they really, truly stay safe? Before you attempt to answer that question, I want us to go on a journey together to look into the story of a city in the Bible that was also locked down as well. I want us to read Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And I'll read Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. And I'll read verse 22 to 23 as well. The Bible says, Now Jericho was securely shut up. The old King James would say straightly shut up. You know, because of the children of Israel, none went in and none went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do for six days. And seven priests shall bear the trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. Verse 5. It shall come to pass. And indeed it shall come to pass in your life. It shall come to pass in your family. It shall come to pass in the situation that you are trusting and believing God for. In the name of Jesus. It shall come to pass. When they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet. May you hear the sound of the trumpet at the right time in Jesus name. That all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. Bear with me just two more verses and we go into the word. Verse 22 and 23, still of the same chapter. But Joshua had said to the two men who had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and from there bring out the woman and all that she has as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and left them outside, of, outside the camp of Israel. In the mighty name of Jesus, at the end of this pandemic, beyond even the physical lockdown, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your loved ones, all of you shall be alive in Jesus' name. All of us in harmony shall be alive in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus. From this story... We can see that the city of Jericho was strictly locked down with heavy walls. No one was going in and no one was allowed to come out. Indeed, this was not like the kind of lockdown that we have currently have. Yes, we have a lockdown, but it's nothing compared to what was here. I think the closest I can imagine to it will perhaps be the Wuhan experience. You know, archaeologists say that in the year 8000 BC, that the walls of Jericho, were about 3.6 meters tall, and they were 1.8 meters wide. You can imagine, 1.8 meters wide. Our current social distancing is 2 meters, and we always feel we are far apart. Imagine the length and the width of a wall being that size, and yet the Bible tells us that that wall came down. For every wall of opposition in your life shall come down in the name of Jesus. In the midst of that lockdown, in the midst of the wall of Jericho blocking in and hedging in Rahab, 
in the midst of the wall of Jericho, keeping out the children of Israel. The Bible clearly tells us that visions were birthed, that visions were birthed, dreams were brought alive, and the promises of God came to pass. There, it's important for us to know that no matter what it is, no matter how difficult it may be, please don't allow situations and circumstances to make you think your vision shall not come alive anymore. Your vision will come alive. Your dream shall come alive. In the mighty name of Jesus. In this passage, we realize that they overcame the negative messages of defeat, of depression, of despondence. And therefore, they did not allow those things to stop them from receiving their breakthrough. You will receive your breakthrough too. In the name of Jesus, you will overcome this lockdown. In the mighty name of Jesus. And that's why the title of the message today is Overcoming Lockdown in a Lockdown. I repeat, overcoming lockdown in a lockdown. Your situation may not be as terrible as the two cases that I explained earlier on. But whatever the true picture of whatever you're going through, I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through right now, the first thing to do is to unlock the lockdown of your mind. When you unlock the lockdown of your mind, you will experience greater blessings. You will experience fresh inspirations. You will be able to see like you've never seen before. You will see the things that God has in stock for you. And you will get there in the name of Jesus. By the special grace of God, as I was preparing this message, I was trusting God, Lord, help me to be able to minister to your people, to say to your people something that will help them. Seven weeks of lockdown, we are going into the eighth week. We don't know whether we are having two more weeks or three more weeks, but whatever stage you are in, there is something that needs to shift today. You cannot just continue to carry on, you know, one hour rolling into days, days rolling into weeks, and just continue. We've left a month and gone and going into another second month. In the name of Jesus, everything that is locking people's mind down today is broken in the name of Jesus. I believe God that these things that God has laid on my heart to share with you will empower you, will strengthen you because it has empowered me and it's still empowering me. It is helping me to be able to know that I can rise above every lockdown. First get rid of the lockdown in the mind and then the physical lockdown will not matter anymore. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to share with you by the special grace of God, time permitting, about these seven points which I believe has helped me. There are no means exhaustive. You could by the grace of God, allow the Holy Spirit to give you more reasons, but take these ones, use them, utilize them, apply them, let it be engrafted in your heart, and trust God to see it work in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. We give God all the praise and all the glory. The first point I want to share with us is perception. Perception, this is the way something is understood, interpreted, or regarded. How do you understand or interpret or regard what is going on around you right now? How are you interpreting it? Do you see it as a dead-end situation? Or do you still see a glimmer of hope coming through? In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for the grace for you to see God's glimmer of hope, God's light, God's word coming through. May you perceive what God wants you to perceive even in this situation in Jesus' name. When God promised the children of Israel that the land of Canaan was going to be theirs, he did not tell them that they were going to have to go through breaking the lockdown in the city of Jericho. 
equally. I can relate to it as a church and as a ministry. And a member of this ministry, I beg your pardon. I can relate to it that when God told us that this shall be our year of perpetual praise, little did we imagine that this perpetual praise would include getting being in lockdown for many weeks and going into months. Little did we know that it will include numerous loss of jobs. Little did we know that it will make all flights to be grounded. Little did we know the whole global world will become a global village that is locked down in this year of perpetual praise. And then he later on told us in March, through the word of God from his servant, that this shall turn to praise. Even at that time, we didn't preempt how bad it was going to be. But you know what? In the name of Jesus, no matter how bad it has been, truly the this shall turn to praise. The this, the this this, the number of deaths, the number of losses, the number of things that you seem to have lost physically shall turn to praise. In the name of Jesus. The walls of Jericho were strictly shut down. But the children of Israel still perceived that they will come through. We will come through this too in the name of Jesus. We will come through strongly. We will come through knowing that God indeed has been our help, has been our shield. Neither of the people involved in the lockdown in Jericho, either the children of Israel as a group or Rahab was behind the wall, neither of them stop perceiving that God will bring them through. Begin to see and perceive that God will surely bring us through. Every negativity around us, it shall be brought down in the name of Jesus. Because God's will concerning you, my dear sister and brother, is that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Third John chapter 1 and verse 2. Equally, God's will for us is that after you have suffered a while, the God of all comfort will perfect, will strengthen, will establish you and set to you in the name of Jesus. Second Peter chapter 5 verse 10. So what am I saying? In your perception, believe that this is not your end. It is not your end because your end indeed shall be greater and better in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Point number two is promise. Promise. If you look at that uh, passage that we just read, in verse two of it, God said, see, I have given Jericho into your hands. See, you need to see. You need to see before you see. There is a physical scene and there is a spiritual scene. May you see with the eye of the spirit right now. It's important that, that this, you know, when we talk about promises, promises is a declaration or assurance that one, that, that one will do something or that a particular thing will happen. Know that something particularly concerning you, concerning the promise God has said to you, shall happen. It shall come to pass. And you will handle it. And you will taste it. And you will partake of it. See! I love that word see. You have to see it before you see it. I recall quite clearly, in my period of extreme difficult pregnancy, after having waited 10 years to trust God for a pregnancy, now the pregnancy occurs, and I'm telling you, it was one of the worst turbulent pregnancies that anyone can ever imagine. And through it all, by the grace of God, I had to see before I saw. In the name of Jesus, I thank God, because I saw myself coming before the altar to come and dedicate the child that they were threatening that may not live. I say you need to see before you see. May your spiritual eye be open to see 
today in the name of Jesus. See that that situation shall be turned around. See, the Bible tells us that yes, Abraham believed God, but Sarah herself received strength. So your husband's faith is not enough to make yours work. Your wife's faith is not enough to make your parents' faith is not enough to make yours work. You need to see for yourself. See your vision. See your life. See your future. See what God has spoken unto you and it shall come to pass. Sarah herself received strength. I had to see. May the Lord grant you the grace even to see today in the name of Jesus. Ephesians 1.18 talks about that, that the eyes of the understanding may be enlightened. That you may know the hope of his calling. See the promises of God over your life becoming fulfilled. See the promises of God over your family. Over your vision. Over your job. Over your health. Over the reports that you're holding on to. Over that court case. See, see, see the reports of God. See the vision of God. See the promise of God. That promise shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. I declare by the special grace of God that you will not die, but you will live even to declare the glory of God in Jesus' name. You shall not die without seeing the promise of God come to pass in your life. Praise the Lord. God is good. We give God all the glory and we thank him for what he's doing. The number three point I want to bring out from this passage that has blessed me, that I trust will also bless you, is posture. What do we mean by posture? Posture refers to a particular approach or attitude towards a situation or a challenge. So what is this that we're going through? Much more than a challenge. But what is your attitude? What is the attitude you're going to assume? What is the attitude you have been assuming? What is the attitude you're going to drop today and pick up another one? To be able to know that you are aligning yourself and you're ready, positioned for the great things that God has said to you. It's not enough to just talk about it. It's actually important for you to position yourself, to have the right attitude, to have the right mindset, to believe that God indeed will bring to pass those things even in your life. The children of Israel, they had a militant attitude. They had the right attitude. They knew that this was what God has said and they declared and they positioned themselves and they walked in it and they allowed themselves even to see it to come to pass. What attitude do you have over that loss of job? Yes, you may have been furloughed. Yes, you may have even been told that there's no more job. But be determined that that is not your hand. Position yourself for greater things. Position yourself for what God has said he would do. Don't give up because indeed God will come through if you believe him. For with God nothing is impossible. Winners never quit and quitters never win. You are a winner in the name of Jesus. It's important that your attitude remains dogged, determined. You need to bring yourself up from the place and the position where you think you have fallen, where your mindset has just made it look like what is the point? I just want this thing to end. I don't even know what's going to happen. Have the right attitude that you are not of them that will be swept away, that will be completely fallen, that will be completely grounded even in this pandemic period, even in this lockdown, unlock your mind, have the right attitude, have the right mindset, and the Lord indeed will do great and mighty things in you and through you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. I said, don't give up. We have examples in the Bible. The woman with the issue of blood, she always blesses me each time I read about her. She said, if only I can just touch the hem of his garment. She had the right attitude before she left, despite every challenge, despite reports, despite everything. If only I can just touch. Everything around her was contrary to what would have allowed her to touch. But she said, if only I... And she milled through the crowd and touched the hem of his God. May you receive the touch. May you receive the attitude and the mindset to go forth and touch God today and see him turn things around for you. 
What about blind Bartimaeus? The man that was, that was blind. And he was shouting, Oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The more he shouted, the more they, they were shouting him down. But he had the right attitude. You need to know that people may say to you, What is your own? You've been confessing. You've been believing. There's nothing that is changing. Tell them to shut up. Blind Bartimaeus did not mind them. The more they shut him down, the more he shouted. And guess what? Jesus came through for him. I said, Concerning your promise, concerning your vision, concerning what you believe, Jesus will come through for you in the name of Jesus. What about Nicodemus? My goodness. The very short man, the disadvantage man. The Bible clearly tells us he had the right attitude in his mindset. He knew Jesus was going to go by. But what did he do? He climbed on the tree. And he made sure if I'm going to be stamped upon down here, I'm not going to allow that to happen. But I'm going to allow me at least to see Jesus. Perchance he will just see me. And guess what? Jesus saw him. He went on the tree and Jesus said, today I will be having dinner within your home. The Lord is saying to you right now that today I want to come and bless you and your household. Have the right attitude. Be ready to receive him. Be ready to accept all the things that he has in stock for you. And your life shall never remain the same no more. With Nicodemus, I want to say one or two things about having the right attitude. You know, Nicodemus was disadvantaged. His height was did not play well for him. His profession was against everything was disadvantaged with him. But as I was preparing this message, the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit that perchance you are from the black and ethnic minority and you're hearing this message today and you think, oh, this being a black person is really such a disadvantage. <laughs> Every time, bad news. Initially it was, oh, you have more high risk, you are at more risk of not, you know, of not living or surviving COVID-19. But now then I say, you have four times more risk of catching COVID-19 and dying. It may be a disadvantage statement. It may be what is working against you when you think about it physically and according to statistics. It may be a fact, but it's not the truth of God concerning you. Nicodemus was disadvantaged, but his disadvantage was turned to an advantage. Today, I prophesy over your life that no matter what it is that has been said concerning you that looks like a disadvantage, receive it and turn it to an advantage today in the name of Jesus. Nicodemus had the right attitude. He refused no matter what the statistics are saying. It may be a fact, but it is not the truth concerning you. You shall not die, but you shall live to see the glory of God. When they tell you that black and ethnic minority people are going to be amongst the fourfold, you need to declare minus me. As you're sitting in your home right now, begin to say minus me, minus my household, minus my people. We shall not be part of the statistics in the mighty name of Jesus. But there are certain things we need to do. There are certain things we need to put in place. And I trust God that as we continue in this message, it will help you to know that as you are declaring in the right attitude that is minus you, there are things you also need to put in place. Praise the Lord. Number four point, as I go on in this message, is preparedness. Oh, I love this. Preparedness. This is a state of readiness or for action or war. I repeat it. This is a state of readiness for action or war. It's absolutely important that no matter whether you have the right perception, which is good, you have the right posture, you have received the promise. If you are not prepared, it cannot gel together. Things cannot be in place. For us to totally sustain that victory, 
we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared in the mind, in the body, in everything. How ready are you for that job interview? That you can be called at any short notice. Is that the time you're going to start dusting up your papers? Is that the time you're going to start looking, oh, what should I put together in my CV? How ready are you? The Bible says Esther was called into the king's palace. But she had prepared days and months ahead. When the Lord is about to take you higher, it's important for you to be prepared. It is not on the day that you are called that now you begin to search or the week before. Rahab was prepared. She threw down the scarlet's. Uh, cord down her window just as she was told and therefore when there was time or nearer the time she had called her family as we listed earlier on her brothers her sisters all of them came and they stayed in her own house but if it was around the time they were now marching ah please come 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 you know they would not work because all that people in Jericho would have not realized why is she calling them but she had prepared may you receive the grace to prepare for the day of your victory in the name of Jesus you know the children of Israel went round marching the war for seven days. They went continually. And even the Bible says on the seventh day, the priest rose early. There are times in your preparation that you need to rise up as a mother. You need to rise up as a man. You need to rise up as a student. You need to rise up any than before to prepare for the victory that you're believing God for. To prepare for that success that you're trusting God for. And indeed, it's important that we do that so that God's plan and purpose concerning you may come to pass. Always be prepared to follow through. You've got a very big vision of starting a business that will outsmart every delivery company that ever existed. But what my question to you is, what preparation have you done so far? What research have you put in place? What business plan? Oh, you're just talking, oh, it's going to happen. My goodness. When this business happens, when I start this business, it's not about the talking. It's about the preparation that you're putting in place. You've got a great idea of what you would do post-COVID in church, either as a minister or as a servant of God or as a member or as a leader, whatever, or as a child of God. You got these great ideas. Ah, post-COVID, my goodness, church can never remain the same no more. In fact, the things that I'll be doing, what preparations are you putting in place for it? What preparations are you doing concern? Are you writing them down? Are you detailing them? Are you sharing them? Are you assuming it and walking towards it? Are you following it through or just saying it? Just saying it is not enough. Just knowing the promise is not enough. Just having the perception is not enough. But you need to be prepared. Preparedness is what indeed will help us. Preparedness is what will take us higher. In the name of Jesus, you may have great ideas concerning your health as a family. And you know that you know that no matter what it is that has been said, whether we like it or not, because I'm, I'm also a health professional. I know the facts and the statistics. It's multifactorial. But clearly one of them has to do with a healthy lifestyle, being conscious of a healthy lifestyle pattern and routine. And you know, sometimes when we are lumbered with all of these things, we say it, but we don't do it. It's important for us to be prepared. So you may have a great vision about what's your health, what's your family, what things you have for your family, what are you doing towards it? Are you prepared for that? It's important that you prepare because there are certain preparations that you need to do that will shed off every physical and emotional weight that will make you get up in the place of prayer, that you make you say, ah, what kind of sleep is this? I have slept for 12 hours in this period of lockdown. Sleeping for 12 hours will not give you productivity. You need to get up. Your body will say no. But you get up and say, no, I'm getting up. And you will fight and you will overcome it in the name of Jesus. 
Be prepared to put new skills in place that you will try. For when the physical lockdown is over, the impact of a mental lockdown could be worse. May that not be your portion in Jesus' name. Moving on quickly, I want to touch on prayer. Praise the Lord. Prayer doesn't need definition. If you don't know as a Christian what prayer is, then we need to really talk about it more. You know, the only way to exercise prayer is to pray. That's why I don't believe in prayer conferences that come and we talk, 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 but the prayer is not there. The only way to exercise prayer is to what? Pray. There is nothing like shortcut to prayer. Quick way to prayer. Get a way to prayer. Ah, it doesn't work. A prayerless Christian indeed is a powerless Christian. A Christian that does not pray is ready to make him or herself a prey. May we not be a prey for Satan in Jesus' name. It's important that we know that prayer is, the spirit, is, prayer is spiritual and it grows in intensity by reason of regular practice. The more you pray, the more you receive grace to pray, the more you understand in prayer. In this period of lockdown, I speak to you all families with younger ones. Please deliver them from the gadgets that they stayed with in their room. Ensure that there is a fixed prayer time. I'm not saying do one hour, two hours with them. But ensure that they know this is our fixed time of prayer in this period of lockdown. Everybody's locked down. How well has prayer been instituted in the home? How well are we praying about the things? There's so much to pray about right now. Not just about give me job, give me house. No, there's so much to pray about globally. Because whatever is affecting all, every part of the earth is also affecting us. So teach them to pray. Let them also be part of the prayer. Don't just do the prayers yourself. Prayer works. Oh, prayer does what? I said prayer works. I'm a firm believer in prayer. When women especially pray, we pray with everything within us. We pray because we are womb carriers. We pray because we are incubators. As you're incubating the prayer and you're saying it, the prayer is going on to heaven and it will come to pass in Jesus' name. On your knees, pray. When you're walking, pray. When you're talking, pray. You know, the children of Israel, when they were marching around the wall of Jericho, they were marching every day. Some people would say, oh, they were doing nothing. No, they were doing what we call prayer work. They were doing prayer walk, and they were silently prayer walking. In their hearts, they were praying, this wall will come down. Nothing will stop it. Every hindrance shall be removed. By the grace of God, this indeed, they were saying it in their heart. Your prayer does not only have to be that you're shouting. You can shout, you can scream, you can do whatever you're saying, but don't think for once that the children of Israel did not pray. They did that consistently for those seven days. And on the seven days, they did it seven times more. In the name of Jesus, the grace to pray, may it continue to be a portion in the name of Jesus. I say your altar of prayer shall not die down in Jesus name. Rather it shall go up. I believe in the power of prayer. The psalmist said in Psalm 50 verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. I thank God because this scripture and this fulfillment of that prayer works has been real in our lives. Not just me, not just the church, but United Kingdom at large. Two more points I'll give, and I'll be rounding up. The presence of God. Presence of God. Oh, sometimes, you know, and I will be very honest with this. Sometimes, some of us Christians, we run ahead of God. Because we have received a vision. 
Because we have received the mandate. Because God has spoken to us. And they, ah, I've received the vision. I must go and start the ministry now. I must go and start the business now. I must go and start a family now. Where did you put the presence of God? Even Moses, that God sent on an assignment to Egypt. What did he say? He said, Lord, I will not go except your presence goes with me. The children of Israel, Joshua said to all of them, particularly the priests, he said, carry the ark of the covenant and ensure that you are standing right there in front. Some soldiers in front and the rest of the soldiers behind. But the ark of the covenant in those days represented the presence of the almighty God, the Yahweh God. That we cannot go around these walls on our own. But the presence of God as it goes with us will ensure us to guarantee us victory. Please, I say to you, in every vision, dream, in every idea that you have, in every marriage relationship you want to enter into, please seek the presence of God. When the presence of God says, my glory shall go before you and be your real God. It's important that you allow God to be the one that is leading you. It says you will hear a word in Isaiah 30 verse 21. You will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Whether you turn to the left or whether you turn to the left, may you hear the voice of God. May the presence of God be with you. May you not go ahead of God. May you not go outside of God. May you not go instead of God. Praise the Lord. And they went with the presence of God. And as they marched around, the walls of Jericho fell down flat. Lastly, because of time, I want us to know that no matter how much we have that we want to do and that we, are, we know God has spoken to us, it's important that we give God all the glory. We give him all the praise. For he will not share his glory with anyone. And so that's why the next point I'm talking about is praise. Praise. This is the expression of respect and gratitude as an act of worship. This is the expression of respect and gratitude as an act of worship. There is nothing that we have that God now lifted us up and then we forget to praise him who brought us there. The children of Israel, they went around the world for seven days. And the instruction was on the very last march round the world. They should give a shout of victory. A shout of praise. And as they did that, the walls came down. I decree over your life today. In your home, no matter how down you may feel, no matter how low you may feel, put in a word of worship, put in a song of worship, dance unto your Lord, sing praises unto him, and everything that has locked your mind down will begin to break, will begin to be shattered. As you give a shout of freedom to God, as you give a shout of praise unto God, I decree and declare, the walls of Jericho in your life will fall down. The walls of opposition in your life will fall down. The enemy will tremble. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will give the last shout. You will give the last shout of victory. The enemy will not have the upper hand concerning you, concerning your home, concerning your children, concerning your ministry, no matter how hard it may look, it may be that you are the only ones there and there's no one there. Boss, begin to praise God. Begin to praise him. As you praise him, as you give him an act of worship and reverence, the enemy will flee because he knows that this one cannot be touched. This one cannot be swayed apart. This one cannot be locked down. Your mind shall not be locked down. You are set free when you praise God. As you praise him and lift him up, 
you will experience even a greater grace and liberty in the spirit because God who made you and created you, who formed you and who fashioned you, knows that he has not created you to be locked down in your mind. And as you praise him, you will see yourself rising high. You will see your spirit being lifted up. You will see opportunities coming. You will receive inspirations. You will receive hope. You will receive directions. But be careful. When you get to where you think you're going to, when you get to where he has promised you, don't forget he who took you there. Make sure you continue with the praise. Make sure you continue with the worship. Make sure you continue to lift him up and exalt him. For him alone be all the glory and all the honor. Because no man can share his glory with him. To God be all the glory and to God be all the adoration. For he is a faithful God. He is the one that has spared you and I even up until this moment. Always have an opportunity to praise God. It's important for us to all exercise the act of praise, even to one another and much more, to the King of kings, to Yahweh God, who deserves all the glory and all the honor, to him indeed who knows the end from the beginning and who's bringing us out of this. As we shout and shout praises unto him, we shall truly all indeed come out strong. Breakthrough shall be our portion. New dreams shall be birthed. Visions shall be birthed. Great heights shall indeed erupt. In the name of Jesus, we are rising higher and we shall come out strong. Be it whether it's two weeks tonight or whether it's three weeks more, begin to say to yourself, I'm coming out stronger than I've ever been before. And the glory and the might of God will continue to be upon you all and upon us all as a people in Jesus' name. As I close today, and you're listening to me, you're thinking, presence of God. How do I know if God is with me? It's because you don't have a relationship with him. It's because you've perhaps once been with him before and you walked out. Today is an opportunity to invite him back into your life. And say, Lord, I've been so much mentally blocked down. My mind has been so bastardized. I've given up. I just want to give in. Don't give in. Because he who's on the throne. He who is the author and the finisher of your life. He who knows you better than you know yourself. He's at work in you right now. Say this prayer with me as I invite you indeed to accept him afresh into your life so that the glory of God will indwell in you and you can walk even in the power and the understanding of these things that we have shared today. Say after me, Lord Jesus, Father, I thank you for the opportunity of hearing this word today. Help me, Lord, to be able to put it into practice. And I ask, oh Lord, every area in my life, that I have locked you out. Today I invite you in. So that every mental lockdown that I may be carrying will be shattered forever. Will be totally removed. I want you to do a new work in me. I want you to do a new, a new thing inside of me. So that I would know you for myself. That that which is being spoken about, I may be able to live it for real. If you have said that prayer today, Jesus is welcoming you into his kingdom. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks goes to all our partners who support our ministry. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, you can call us on plus four four two zero eight five nine seven triple one zero, or visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord be with you always until we meet next time.